Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 189, and we're talking about New Zealand. Uh, we've got an itinerary for going around New Zealand in four weeks. Yeah, four weeks isn't really enough it's time. No you no could really do with about four months. But four years, that would also be fine. Four years. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to see something in, in four years. But in four weeks you can see an pretty awful much, lot. You can see, you can get a really good overview of New Zealand in mm. four weeks. And then that will just kind of whet your appetite and you'll make, it'll make you want to come back. Yeah. Now, this works in with the thing that's filled my last two weeks, a project called Blog for NZ. And Blog for NZ is a, I guess it's a grassroots effort. It's, it's me and Linda and a couple of other travel bloggers. And we wanted to help New Zealand tourism after the big Christchurch earthquake that happened just four weeks ago. So we wanted to encourage people and let them know that New Zealand is open for business. Uh, Despite the quake down there, all of the infrastructure for travel and tourism is up and running. So we want to let people know, don't cancel your tickets, book your ski holiday, uh, come on down. Yeah, New Zealand is still a fantastic destination and you should definitely come and visit us. Yeah, so that that's basically been us for the last two weeks. I know we've missed a podcast. We've been working hard on this uh, on this project, and yeah. we're looking forward to it. So this uh, Monday to Wednesday, March 21st to 23rd, 2011, um, hopefully every travel blog you look at is going to be writing about New Zealand. And if they're not, then feel free to hassle them about it, because <laughs> they should be. Remember that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. Visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hotels, slash hostels, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. We also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. And you can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online. Or get a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible. Or if you don't know how to spell that, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audiobook. We believe in options. <laughs> options are good. How many mileage points have you earned with the travel hacking program? I have not had a chance to look at it for the last two weeks. So um, I have really done nothing new. But check out IndieTravelPodcast.com slash travel hacking and let us know how many miles you earn. So let's get on with it. Let's talk about New Zealand, which is without doubt the best country in the world. <laughs> and do you base that on, on you coming from it, do you? I base it on my extensive knowledge of other countries and extensive <clears throat> yeah no you're just talking nonsense now aren't you <laughs> i believe in my country my country really really is that awesome i mean there are some things that are not so awesome but as a whole it's fantastic well let's talk about some of the good and some of the bad um in this four-week itinerary so week one you're gonna fly into auckland auckland's the main international airport and it's the biggest city in the country so make sure you give yourself at least a couple of days here in auckland because there's a lot to do. Um, Lonely Planet gives it a bad rap for some reason, and I think that's because the rest of the country is just so much cooler. But <laughs> well, the thing it about is... Auckland is that people don't live in the city, and mm. so the city pretty much closes around 6 o'clock. There's not a lot to do at night time, because people aren't living there. They're off in the suburbs doing, you know, hanging out with their families and stuff. So it's not like you have all the shops open like you might have in Hong Kong or other cities, you know, Spanish yeah. cities where people live in the city. Yeah, and the best restaurants aren't in the central city either. They're you need out, to know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, precisely. So it is really worth exploring, but if you are based in the CBD, which a lot of people are, 
Um, take advantage of the water. You're yeah. you're in one of the the most loveliest harbors cities in the world. So get out on the ferry, go out to some of the islands, go over to the North Shore in Devonport, go swim with the dolphins, uh, go bungee jump off the Harbour Bridge. There's there's lots of stuff to do. Yeah, and if it's raining, the Pineal shops are really cool, and mm. Auckland Museum is fantastic. Yeah, and that's all within walking distance or a very short bus ride of the uh, the Central City backpackers. Yep. So after your jet lag has passed away, uh, it's time to pick up a camper van. You can buy your own. That's definitely going to be the cheapest option. But as you're long gonna, as you can sell it again. As long as you can sell it again. And if it breaks down, you're stuffed and you need to think about insurance. The easiest option is going to be hiring one. And um, we, out of all of the budget camper van places, there's, uh, there's Wicked, there's Juicy... And there's uh, Escape. There's several of them. There's lots of options. But our favorite for their their fleet um, is spaceships. Spaceships are awesome. They're basically a converted people mover. You've got two seats in the front and then one or two seats in the back, which the one in the back can turn around. Mm. And you've got two-thirds of a bed. And the bed can be extended inside or you can open the boot and extend outside. And you've got lots of storage area. You've got a cooker. You've got a little fridge. And it's it's brilliant. There's Mm. a DVD player. And it's just, it's really comfortable, and it drives like a car, which is one of the best things, because you can park it in a regular yeah. space, there's always a place for you to park. You That's right. And you, you can go up hills. <laughs> I'm sure you've all been stuck behind camper vans before, and it's so frustrating, and it's even more frustrating to be that person, yeah. knowing that there's 20 vehicles behind you, but you never like that in a spaceship, because it's, you know, regular size car. You're driving, yeah. Um, now, for those wondering, New Zealanders drive on the left, as all civilized people do. <laughs> Yeah, and the speed limit in most of the country in open areas is 100 kilometres per hour. Mm. In the cities, it's usually 50. Now, depending on how long you've spent in Auckland, if you've only spent a few days there, then I recommend you head north. Um, You can drive up to the very northernmost point of the country, Cape Reinga, and there's beautiful places to camp there. Um, Amazing if you like fishing, you go surf casting off the beach or off the rocks up there and catch some pretty fantastic fish. And you can camp at Tapurupuru Bay, which is our favourite campsite in all of New mm. Zealand. It's so gorgeous. There's a, a surf beach, which has just got low surf, and there's a little river that comes up along the side, and the campsite mm. is nestled between the beach and the and the river. And it's just so nice. It is. It's beautiful. It's not, it's not really a surf beach. I mean, there's like half-metre swells. You wouldn't go surfing there. You no, go no, surfing no. half an hour down the coast. But, yeah. but it's a beach are, with swells. There is a bit of swell, swell. yeah. And it's got a DOC campsite. So DOC is the Department of Conservation, and they run campsites all over the country. During summer, there'll be a person there to take your money, but most of the rest of the time there won't be anything. You just put your money in, a, in an honesty box, basically. It's around 7 or $8 per person per night, and there's long-drop toilets and taps and all that kind of thing. Mm, yeah, it's all good. On the way up or down, make sure you stop at New Zealand's well, most important place for European colonial history, um, the Bay of Islands. There's towns, Waitangi, here, and Russell. And these are also the warmest places to swim with the dolphins in New Zealand. So if you want to do that, that's got the warmest water. Um, and these towns had a lot to do with the early European colonial history of New Zealand. So when the European powers tried to set up shop, uh, the British were up there um, in Russell and the uh, the French, sorry, were down in Akaroa next to Christchurch. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 
If you want to learn anything about New Zealand history, then well, modern history, that's a place to go. Yeah, Waitangi is really good because it's a really nice area. It probably only costs about $15 to get in. It's a really mm. informative video, and it's a very nice place to go to learn about New Zealand yep. history. And people on work and travel visas can get them free. Yeah, it's quite nice. Heading south from Auckland, you either want to go through the centre, which is stopping at Taupo, Lake Taupo, Rotorua, and Waitomo, or stick with the beaches along the east coast, so Coromandel Peninsula, the Mount, Gisborne, Napier, and Hastings. You have to choose one or the other, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, just for the last couple of days, we've been doing some of that coastal route. Uh, we went out to Papamoa, which is a town right next to Mount Monganui. Um, so these are these are popular towns for Kiwis to go on their summer holidays at the beach. And they're really nice places mm. to uh, to stop in at for a few days. I think you really need to go to Coromandel. The Coromandel mm. Peninsula is definitely worth a visit because there's lots of cool things to do, like Cathedral Cove, yeah. which is one of my favourite places in the whole country. There's a, a really beautiful beach that you have to walk to. It takes about 20, 25 minutes to get there. And there's a rock formation that looks like a cathedral. If you've seen Prince Caspian of the um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series, the Narnia series, you've, you'll see Cathedral Cove and you'll know how wonderfully beautiful it is. Mm. And also right near there, about five minutes drive away, is Hotwater Beach, where it low tide you can dig a hole and the hole will fill with hot water because there's a like thermal river underneath and you can basically have a spa on the beach yeah it's, it's so you shouldn't cool. miss that you really do have to go there if you can bring your own shovel definitely bring your own shovel. <laughs> well if you head south from auckland the other way instead of going down the east coast you go down through the center um you'll go to places um like taupo and rotorua they're both lakeside towns and they're home to a lot of very accessible, but sadly very commercialized Maori culture. So if you want to have a very quick and easily accessible experience of pre-European culture in New Zealand, then that's the place to go. Yeah, Rotorua is probably the best place. Mm. The thing about Rotorua is that it stinks. It really does. because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, it smells bad. It smells like sulfur because there's a lot of um, geothermal activity there. So you can go and swim in the hot pools and see the geysers. It's fascinating, but you do need to be aware that it does not smell good. Yeah, but after you've been there for a day or two, you, you barely notice. You, you barely notice the smell of rotting eggs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you kind yeah. of adjust. You do you? adjust, but the first couple of hours is quite <laughs> strange. Now, another place down in central North Island, amongst many others, is Waitomo. And Waitomo is where you can go and visit the famous glowworm caves. Um, there's all sorts of options, but there's basically these amazing limestone caves, and you can do tours in various ways. There's walking tours, abseiling tours, uh, you can go blackwater rafting. I did that once. It was really cool. It was so much fun. We, um, we had to wear wetsuits, but it's freezing cold. But we got to get on these inner tubes and go down into the caves and kind of travel along the water and, and the underground waterways and look up. And the, the ceiling of the cave was covered with glowworms. It was absolutely amazing. Mm. Now, Auckland and Wellington both have good zoos. But if you're just interested in looking at New Zealand's native reptiles and birds, then the, uh, the wildlife parks and sanctuaries around Waitomo are a great place to, uh, to go and do that. An alternative to driving the North Island is the Overlander train. But unfortunately, you'll be quite limited to, we, to how you'll be able to go because I think there's only one or two... Um, trains per day and there's just the one rail line mm. there <laughs> from are, Auckland to Wellington. There are several stops and the train itself is nice with oh, viewing beautiful. platforms and, and well-priced food but uh, and the, the route itself is really... I, I've done it several times and I love it. It's so it's comfortable and it does take quite a long time. It's faster to go to drive because it stops at every town and you mm. know it has quite long stops 
Um, but it's really worth doing if you want to enjoy the scenery and not be driving. Yeah. So we've probably given you about a month's worth of stuff. But for the purpose of this, we are... Um, instead, we're looking at doing all of that in a week. Mm. So now let's talk about week two. We are, uh... <laughs> oh my goodness, that was week one. <laughs> <laughs> that was week... This, this is New Zealand yeah, in four weeks. You you're going to do it in a month. You get in the car and you drive. Yeah. Okay, so at the beginning of week two, you should be arriving in Wellington, which is New Zealand's capital. It's not the biggest city in the country. Auckland's the biggest and Christchurch is the second biggest. Wellington comes in third place, but it is really, really pretty. It's nestled in a harbour and there's lots of hills with brightly coloured houses sitting in the hills. And it's just nice. It's a nice place to be. It's got lots of culture. Um, There's things happening all throughout the day. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wellington's the political capital of New Zealand and uh, it does get a lot of arts funding. And so because of that, there's lots of public sculpture. There's Te Papa, which is the National Gallery of New Zealand. Yeah, the museum as well. Um, National Museum. Um, It's and that's a fantastic uh, museum. It's awesome. There's uh, so many cool things to do. And, you know, it's very modern, very interactive. And then there's all the student-driven art and music and independent theatre and things like that that comes from the, the university culture there. Okay, and that's it. That's the North Island. Next, you need to move on to the South Island. Now, the South Island is bigger than the North Island, so you need to give it a bit more time. To get from Wellington to the South Island, you'll go by ferry, and it will take you to Picton. You have two choices. You could go by Bluebridge or the Inter-Islander. And we've travelled on both, and they're both really good. So you should look at both websites and find the, the cheapest option, because they basically offer the same service. Yeah, Although no. recently we went by went first class on the Inter-Islander, and it was awesome. I was going to say, I think the Bluebridge is normally a little bit cheaper, but Inter-Islander does have... Um, Nicer, nicer food areas, mm-hmm. um, a nicer bar. So, if you want to have a kind of a more pleasant experience, and I do think the Inter Islander does win out. Yeah. And the the first class lounge there gave you unlimited free wireless internet. Mm-hmm. So and food you, and drink as well. So and if you're planning and, on buying and free lunch, free unlimited drinks. Um, yeah. We had a glass of wine each and some soft drink, but a couple of guys across from us went through about 12 beers each in the, the three and a the half hour trip. The table was covered with bottles. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're thinking about buying things, be aware that it's a closed market, so they're going to sell you things at a high price. You might want to consider going first class just for that. It might actually yeah, work out financially better. Yeah, and the food was uh, was really nice. Now, it's a three-hour trip, and it's absolutely beautiful, so you need to have your camera at the ready because you'll be um, travelling through the sounds, the, um, the Marlborough sounds, and it's just incredible. Yeah. Now, it can be one of the prettiest rides in the world. It can also be one of the roughest. Mm. This is a very small gap between the Tasman Sea and the greater Pacific Ocean. So when it's rough, it's rough. Um, but when it's smooth, you can often see dolphins surfing off the prow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've only had good experiences, but some yeah. of our friends have not. Now, if you want to uh, to hike in New Zealand, but you want to avoid the the crowds of the great walks like Milford, the Rootburn Track, um, the Tongariro Crossing, then one of my favourite multi-day walks is the Queen Charlotte Track. It's only accessible by water, so you need to pay for a water taxi to take you in and take you out. 
but as part of that service they'll also transport your backpacks from staging point to staging point which is great you can do all of the hiking just with a, a day pack with a first aid kit food and water for the day and um, yeah pick up your your camp and your other food every evening okay so from there you'll need to head south now you can either choose to go east and then down sorry <coughs> so you can either choose to go west and down the west coast or you can go straight south towards Christchurch and then down to Invercargill so if you head south, you'll head to Kaikoura, which is the whale-watching capital of the world. You can also go swimming with dolphins, but be aware it will be a lot colder. A lot colder here. You're several degrees further south. Yeah, and there's fantastic uh, crayfish especially down around Kaikoura. So if if you do go there, make sure you uh, you pick up a cray. Yep. And uh, a bit further down, you can get to Hammer Springs and also go across to Arthur's Pass, which we were, where we were recently. And we really enjoyed it. There's lots of hiking around there. And it's just a really nice place to be. Mm. So somewhere around here, around Kaikoura, Arthur's Pass, or if you're going down the west coast, somewhere around Greymouth, we're going to hit the third week of our trip. Once again, what we've just described could take you a month. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, um, it depends on how much hiking you want to do. The Queen Charlotte Track itself would take three to five days. Mm. And then I could have easily spent four or five weeks in Arthur's Pass just discovering some of those paths. Yeah, and... Um, you're not even mentioning the, Mul- uh, the Marlborough wine region with some of the world's best uh, Pinot Noir and Sauve Blanc. Yeah, I mean, if you if you just did a wine tasting tour of New Zealand, it would take months <laughs> and months. Even if you just visited the major regions. It would be fantastic, though. Well, we should anyway, do that one year. Personally, I wouldn't go down to Kaikoura. I would have just gone from Picton, across the top, through the wine region, and then down the, the west coast. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to try and see as much of the uh, South Island as possible... Unfortunately, that stretch from Picton down to Christchurch on the east coast is probably the sparsest, I'd say. There's, there's Kaikoura, but there's not that much else. So I'd head south um, along the, uh, the west coast, stop at um, Punakaiki, which are the Pancake Rocks. They're a really good place to stop for lunch, but you can also stop nearby and kind of discover the area a bit more. Then go down to Greymouth, keep on heading south, and then you'll get to the glaciers. There are two glaciers which come off Mount Cook, which is the tallest mountain in New Zealand, Franz Joseph and Fox. We went to Fox. Franz Joseph is probably the slightly larger and slightly more well-known, but um, Fox is less touristy. So we headed there, and you can go heli hiking, or you can just do a like a half day or full day walk up on the glacier. Mm. And it was awesome. It was a really, really incredible, cold, wet, and stunning experience. Yeah, I get. For me, it was one of those transcendent travel experience experiences. It was. It was, yeah, cold and uncomfortable. You were doing hard hiking over a river of ice, basically. So you're constantly having to be aware. And the day we went, it was bucketing with rain. But there was something so so majestic and so glorious about it that it has just stayed with me, that feeling of, of awe, really, yeah. being on this massive flow of ice that was unstoppable yeah. and and so large and so deep and the colors were just resplendent amazing blues as it refracts through, through the ice it's and, incredible you yeah. just have to go and see it for yourself so come and see it for yourself yeah <laughs> now these trips are expensive both to walk on franz joseph where you have bigger groups or fox which is uh smaller maybe a bit more a bit less accessible you have to hike a bit further i think to get there but you'll have smaller groups so that's my preference but mm-hmm. both of them are, are pricey whether you're just hiking or doing a heli hike 
but for me, um, it's something that, that can't be missed. Definitely. Next up, further south, is the Milford Sound. Now, the Milford Sound is amazing, and it's famous for the Milford Track, which is one of the most popular walking tracks in New Zealand. It takes, I think it takes four full days, and you have three nights, and you have to book your space, because you, you'll be staying at huts along the way. So you need to walk through that section of the route that day and the next section the next day. We haven't done it yet, and we're not very happy about that. But we will. We will do it. We've heard it's amazing. My dad's done it, and he just says it's incredible. So we're really looking forward to doing that. Mm. So down, if, if you did drop down the, the west coast, and you did drop like a stone moving very quickly, we're now coming up to week four. So with just a week left, we're going to be running through the South Island cities. Well, I guess we can pretend they're real cities. They're cities. Just because they don't have many people in them doesn't mean they're not cities. Yeah. Well, I mean, New Zealand's largest urban population is Auckland with about a million people. Christchurch has about... 1.2, excuse me. Uh, Christchurch has about half a million people. So that when we're talking about cities in New Zealand, that's the, the yeah. scale we're working on. Our capital has about three hundred to 350,000 people. So, I mean, all of the rest of them... Less than 200,000, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose they're not really cities. <laughs> well, heading away from Milford, our first stop is back up to Queenstown, um, or Wanaka if you want somewhere to stop along the way. Queenstown is New Zealand's party and adventure sport capital. So it offers great winter sports. There's great, um, there's great skiing, great snowboarding, plenty of great fields, and it's the home of modern bungee jumping, the first place where commercial bungee jumping was ever set up. And if you go to the Kawara Bridge, which is just so picturesque, you get the, the real experience of mm. uh, where the first commercial bungee jump happened. Or you go and jump off one of the, I think it's the Southern Hemisphere's highest jump, the Nevis, 134 metres. We did it. It was terrifying. You should do it too. Yep, video no. of, uh, yep, video is going to get reposted oh, on the show notes for this episode. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> Go check it out. You can mock me if you like. I will take it standing up. <laughs> now, Queenstown's also got some of New Zealand's best Pinot Noir just outside it. Um, so More wine sure, tasting, basically. Make sure you, you go and get some, some Pinot out there in, um, in the valley. Now, if you want to make sure you get to the very south of New Zealand, head to Bluff, which is uh, where the best oysters in the world are, apparently. Um, and you have to take a photo of yourself at the at the signpost. Actually, it isn't the southernmost point of New Zealand. No. Because that's do, Stewart do. Island. But it's not even the southernmost point of the South Island, because that honour goes to Slope Point. So and The only reason to go to Slope Point is to walk across a couple of paddocks down a muddy little track and take your photo alongside the sign that says, this is really the southernmost point in New Zealand. It's surprisingly popular. We went there one day. (laughs) It was so rainy and so windy. We were in our spaceship traveling around, and we stopped there, and we're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go. It's the most most southerly point of the south island of New Zealand. There were like another 50 people walking backwards and forwards in this storm. The car park was packed. It was shocking. (laughs) It was hilarious. But we got our photo, and we have been there. Yep, but really... Unless you've got a thing about getting to the northernmost point and the southernmost point of the main islands. Well, I think yeah, you should go to the northernmost point. It. Because Cape Ranger really is awesome. But Bluff? Yeah. yeah. Well, Bluff's got great oysters. Okay. Well, anyway, drive northwards from the southernmost point, whichever one you decide to visit, and go through the Catlins. The Catlins are just a really awesome kind of coastal area. 
There's there's forests, there's beaches. It's mm. lovely. So find a beach to camp on. Yeah, and there's also a good. There's a great B and B which is actually right near one of the main sea lion breeding spots. So while we don't recommend you annoy sea lions, hey Linda, shut up. Hey, they chase Look, you down the beach. I was so far away from it. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was thinking you look like dinner, but um, I can run very fast. <laughs> when you uh, when you're driving up, yeah, the Catlins really is a great place to get. You sometimes from the cliffs you can see um, whales migrating through if you're there at the right season. There's often seals playing down on the beaches. There's sea lions. It's really cool. And penguins at times. Amazing, amazing um, kind of Antarctic wildlife. It's special. So as you're going up and you have a spare night, make sure you stay in Dunedin, which is a really nice city. City. Keep city. calling it a city. <laughs> it's more of a town, really, but it's a, it's a university town. And it's home to the Space Brewery and the Cadbury Factory. So there's all sorts of things to do there. It's quite a good kind of tourist place. Mm, Cadbury's chocolate, by the way. So the beer-drinking half of the group can go to the brewery and the chocolate-loving part half can, uh, can go off to the chocolate manufacturers. Sounds like it's kind of split down gender lines, doesn't it? <laughs> I was very careful not to do that. But, but yeah, it was definitely a possibility. The wildlife sanctuary in Dunedin is absolutely amazing. They've got the only mainland population of royal albatross, which are some of the world's biggest birds. That's amazing. You can go see the penguins. Um, it's just it's really amazing. cool. And there's a little independent distillery out there on the peninsula that does some mean rocket fuel. Yeah, and our good friend runs a hostel, so make sure you stay at Elm Lodge. <laughs> just, just yeah, nudge that. Very nice. <laughs> After that, your final stop is Christchurch with the national and the international airports. So it's a it, it's a fitting stop mm-hmm. to your trip. Um, it means you can either jump back to Auckland for a flight out or leave directly from Christchurch. Now, as you know, um, Christchurch a month ago got hit by a devastating earthquake. Um, it was pretty massive. Yeah, it's one of the worst disasters in New Zealand history. Mm. I think it comes in at number six or something like that in yeah. terms of, of confirmed deaths. And yeah. that death toll is still rising, unfortunately. Yeah, but that said, um, it's still open. It's still awesome. Yeah, I mean, my my thing with Christchurch is it's... The central town is is really nice, but it's actually using it as a base to explore the areas around mm-hmm. it that that makes it special. Like the, the Waimakariri River is great for jet boating. There's great mountain biking out in the hills. Uh, you've got Akaroa and the, the port hills out on the other side. And Littleton. Yeah. There's lots of little tiny nice towns. Like Akaroa's mm. got French influence and... You know, there's lots of nice things around. Yeah. And Hamner Springs isn't far away either if you didn't manage no, to get right. there. So you can just drive up there or go out to um, Arthur's Pass. It's about two hours' drive away as well. Yeah, so if you want to do any of that hiking, kind of alpine spa kind of experience, it's all just within a couple of hours. Yeah, it's it's a great place to finish up. And you can also sell your car or return your spaceship here. So that's definitely a major <laughs> yes. advantage. Cool. So as crazy as it seems, that is a country that's about the same size as Britain, about the same size as Italy, with a population of four and a half million instead of 60 million. That's the whole thing in four fast, furious Lots crazy of weeks. time on the road, filled weeks. Yeah. I think if you're only coming for a week or two weeks, choose one of the islands and explore it. Mm. Don't try and fit too much in. I mean, if you're coming for a week, just 
just go to the city you fly into and go one other place, a yeah. couple of hour drive away for a couple of nights. I say if you're coming for a week, fly to Auckland and explore the north. And maybe go to the mm. uh, Coromandel Peninsula. Or, yeah, or drop down from Auckland down to Rotorua and Taupo yeah. if you want to have the, the adventure sport and a Maori cultural experience. Yeah, yeah. so I'd definitely base yourself in Auckland and, and do a few trips away from there. Mm. If you're coming for two weeks, maybe hit the South Island and, and do a, a running tour. Yeah. Three weeks, you could probably do one week in the North Island and two weeks in the South. But really, if you're under 30 and you're from a, a country that makes up our main listenership, you can get a work and travel visa and you can come for one to two years. So and you should. <laughs> do, that, do that instead. <laughs> so we're looking forward to seeing you. If you're coming in the next three or four months, get in touch because we'll be around. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be based in Auckland and doing, doing trips out. So yeah, let us know if you're, you're coming through Auckland before uh, August 2011. Well, with, uh, with that done, let's talk about our community wisdom from the week. These are uh, threads and discussions that are happening in our free, friendly travel community at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash community. So one of the topics that's being talked about at the moment is how do you handle the bad days on the road? Another one, we're talking about travel in northern Spain. There's a couple of threads going around about different areas. Also, the HX5 camera is a travel camera. And Chris wonders if we should set up a call-in number for your travel tips. Would you like to, uh, to call in and leave short tips? Well, we've just upgraded the Art of Solo Travel ebook, so you can find that at artofsolotravel.com. It's now got a great multi-part email follow-up, which we will keep up to date with ongoing travel information. Mm. And as well as picking up a copy of The Art of Solo Travel, you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay travelling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hotels, slash hostels, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. You can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online and get great trial bonuses from our partners. Download a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook and get a two-week $1 trial of the Travel Hacking Cartel at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Travel Hacking. For some non-monetary ways of helping us out, tell your friends about the Indie Travel Podcast, invite them to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash IndieTravel or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.